Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today we're talking about episode 15, the penultimate episode of The Bad Batch with myself, Matthew Fox, and our guest, Paul Hoppy. All that more after commercial break that we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew Fox, your host. I'm joined, as I said, by Paul Hoppy. Paul, it is a little bit late at night. We've uh, done some recording already, but I'm really glad to have you on for Bad Batch. How are we feeling today? Um, yeah, a little, little bit burnt out from uh, a <laughs> lengthy The Suicide Squad conversation and streaming and playing poker and yada, yada, yada. But I'm happy to be here to record uh, half a podcast because we just watched half an episode, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> First of all, to my listeners, I'll just say I'm sorry this one's coming out so late. I was on vacation for all of last week and spent kind of like the last day or two just kind of recovering from that. And then we just had some trouble kind of getting schedules lined up. But today we're finally able with uh, Paul's help to record on this. I'll also say to those of you who are also superhero ethics fans, uh, I'm also sorry there that an episode didn't launch at all last week. I had one set up uh, for some reason it didn't get published on time. I had scheduled it to go so it didn't go up. So my apologies. It will be going up. Um, by the time you hear this, it should have gone up live. I'll also say, no one wrote in to say, like, it didn't happen. So, like, Aww. what's going on, folks? Like, Aww. come on. Like, um, That episode I, was recorded in June, also, I shall say. <laughs> yes. We, we had a little trouble. Uh, other things kept going to the top of the line. But, you know, come on, folks. Be, like, I will also say, I realized a couple weeks ago that I accidentally put the outro music to the Star Wars, you know, to the Superhero Ethics podcast on the end of a Star Wars Universe podcast episode. And again, no one wrote in. So come on, we, got, we got to keep on our toes here a little more, folks. Um, but now that I'm done scolding the people who help pay my bills by being loyal and wonderful uh, audience members, let's actually get to the uh, uh, topic at hand. What you, you think of this episode? Uh, yeah, it was it was all right. You know, um, it wasn't my least favorite. It wasn't my most favorite. I felt like it delivered on some important questions and I feel like I can see where it's going to kind of try to take us in the next episode. Uh, Like I alluded to, it feels to me like I'm not totally sure why this is an episode and then there's another episode and it's maybe it's going to be like two 20 minute halves of a 40 minute hole when they already did a 77 minute intro episode so it feels to me like they could have had like a concluding sort of movie kind of feel instead yeah. of like squeezing another week out of it. Yeah, I, it definitely feels like there's some parts of it that are being done more around production schedules rather than just around what's the best way to tell a story. Because I felt like a lot of very important things happened this episode, especially with Crosshair. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like on the one hand, I didn't have sort of a real conclusion but I also don't really know where the story goes from here. Like I'm not, we we haven't set it up in a way where there's like one last major conflict to be had. Right. You know, I think um, on some level you could say there's some doubt as to whether our character, our heroes are even alive because last we knew they were on a platform getting blown up. I think I'm going to call it a pretty safe bet that they're still alive. Um, yeah. They're like, we're renewing for season two, but yeah. for the last episode, we're just going to have shots of ruined, um, you know, uh, <laughs> city and like, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. So let's start with the positive. What did you like about this episode? I liked that Crosshair is just a tool. 
Yeah. And and by a tool, I don't mean just a tool of the Empire, although that is true as well. But I like that they gave Crosshair agency by saying, yes, he had his chip removed. How exactly? I don't know. When? Unclear. It feels like that's supposed to be a big plot point. It's like, did you remove it after you tried to kill us the second time or the first time or when? But I do think that um, that is something that I think a lot of us had wanted for Crosshair to not have the inhibitor, not have the inhibitor chip, and yet be like, no, I still want to work for the Empire. This is what makes sense to me. And right. I thought they paid that off well. And um, also, I liked, you know, I mean, they paid off the whole like getting rid of the clones. Exactly what's happening with them still mm -hmm. unclear, but you know, they've clearly shut down the whole operation. Um, and, I mean, I loved the look of, of the show. I mean, I, I always like when they're, you know, when they're on this planet and, you know, it feels like it's almost always raining or it's always raining. Right. Uh, the lighting was awesome. I liked the feel of it being deserted but bright on the inside, whereas it was, like, wet and dark on the outside, but you've got a bunch of, you know, Im now Imperial cruisers there. Right. Um, it, it's kind of an interesting sort of juxtaposition. And they, yeah, they really they really managed to make everything about Camino feel incredibly sterile. You know, yes. it feels like a laboratory in a mm -hmm. way that I think really fits for like what we know about these people. Absolutely. Like I remember in the movie that we saw these folks in Attack of the Clones, it struck me as just weird. I was like, how where's the paintings on the wall? Where's the file cabinets? Like, how do people live in this world? And somehow, like, now, with what they've shown us about the Kaminoans, it just seems to work a lot more in ways yeah. that are really appreciated. And let's kind of talk about Crosshair, because I think that's definitely the uh, the kind of key point of this whole story. You know, we get, as you said, we learn that Crosshair is not chipped, that he actually has, you know, you say he's just a tool. I feel like there's a way to see it that way, but I actually had some real sympathy for him in some ways, because... You know, I still think he's, like, he's clearly choosing the wrong side. There's, they gave us, like, the top of the iceberg with with Crosshair. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because of that, there's so much I can read into what his character is going through. But I have to remember, like, a lot of this is headcanon because, yeah, like you said, we don't know. We don't know when did the chip come out. We don't know what has been his interiority, his story so far. But, like... Where I what I took from it, and maybe this is what the story is implying, or maybe this is just my own headcanon, is, you know, he was to some extent first acting on the chip, but as he saw it, you know, they all should have been, and he was doing what they were all supposed to do, you know, up till now, like, yes, they probably believed in the importance of their cause of fighting for the Republic, but they never really were questioning much. They were just kind of doing what the generals told them to do. Palpatine has now made this case that to his mind, like this is the legitimate ruler of the, of the Republic and he's made it into an empire for legitimate reasons, as far as he understands. And he's seen evidence that the Jedi are out to kill everybody. And so that's what he's supposed to do. And I don't agree with him by any, to any extent, but I feel like I had moments of sympathy where to his mind, they abandoned him, and I I don't think he's right, but I could believe that he thought he was right. And to me, that moment alone made him such a more interesting character. Hmm. Yeah, I see that that's clearly the idea. 
Right. You know, um, it, it doesn't give me a lot of sympathy for him. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I have empathy for him, but like, I, yeah, like if you choose the empire, I, I think you're a tool. Like, yeah. it's just like, I don't, I don't think there's been compelling evidence of the, some Jedi plot. Like the emperor just said it happened, you know? And so I, I think that the, you know, the emperor's case for, you know, I mean, fascists gonna fascist and like, right. Not that the Republic was great, but I think there's a very clear and very disturbing consolidation of power that is just super obvious, I think, to anybody who looks around. And I think Crosshair is basically choosing not to see that. And whether that's just whether that was his initial position or whether he got kind of where he dug in deeper to that because the... um, because they didn't go back to try and rescue him. I mean, he did shoot at them, right? But like, right. and I guess he hit Wrecker, right? He shot yeah. Wrecker. So there's maybe not a, oh, maybe he was missing on purpose, any kind of thing going on. Um, and I think it's kind of reasonable that they didn't go back for him. But at the same time, it would have been nice, yeah. you know, particularly if they're under the assumption that it was the chip. If they, it's almost like them not knowing if they knew that he had had it removed and was still trying to kill them, then not going back from super reasonable. Whereas the, if they're under the assumption that he still had the inhibitor chip and that's why he was doing what he was doing, you know, they probably should have tried to find a way to capture him. They didn't really have a lot of great options in that regard. I'd say, you know, yeah. I I mean, I think he's being somewhat unfair and like wishing they'd come back for him because you're right. Like they did see that they could cure, they they could cure Wrecker, and so maybe they would think, uh, yeah, Wrecker, and so maybe they would think they could do it with him too. But they never really had a chance. I I guess, and here again, we sort of have to headcanon because I, I just I keep coming back to wishing we'd had one or two episodes of him on Coruscant getting to see this because I feel like at least for myself. I have to remember that all the things I know about how terrible the Empire is going to be, they don't really know yet. And, you know, we saw a couple of episodes of the Empire consolidating power pretty far out on kind of more remote worlds. Mm-hmm. And we also saw signs of people being really happy that the Empire was there because of all the chaos of of, of the, the Civil War and things like that. As well as... I'm, I'm trying to say this way that I'm not trying to be like offensive to the all military or anything like that and kind of put it about this world. The Bad Batch weren't really, none of the clones were really encouraged to have much independent thought. You know, mm-hmm. they were encouraged to trust the Jedi. If the Jedi say, this is your enemy, you fight this enemy. And I give our own heroes, our protagonists, a lot of credit for the fact that they've been willing to say, wait a minute, maybe our orders don't make sense. I, I guess. You know, it's, in that, it's in that kind of sympathy of like the, the sympathy I have for someone like Kingpin, you know, where mm-hmm. I'm like, you, you're a villain. What you're doing is wrong. But I understand how you got to this place and mm-hmm. why you feel like you're in the right and you're slighted. I can kind of have some sympathy for you. I, I get to me. That's where I'm kind of putting. It's not that I think that now I think maybe uh, Crosshair is right. It's just that I I can understand why. Because I also think the thing you said is so important about kind of digging in your feet. You know, I think sometimes people do something for a wrong reason, but then, like, they kind of want to dig in deeper on it. And he doesn't want to admit that he only did that because he was still under the effects of the chip and that maybe they wouldn't have. You know, especially because, like, I forget, did we ever learn 
that in some way, like the chip affected him more than everyone else? Because I, I don't think we did. And I think the idea was that it was something about who he was that he didn't fight the chip as much as the rest of them did. Um, am, am I misremembering that there? Or is there some truth to that? I think it's fairly unclear. Um, I feel like they mentioned that the chips might not have been working as well with the Bad Batch because they, you know, because of their mutations, basically. And then Echo's right. like, well, what about me? And it's like, well, because, you know, you <laughs> got messed up by the, the techno union or whatever. And, um, you know, they did stuff to your head and maybe that makes the chip not work. Um, and there wasn't really a clear thing. I mean, they talked about trying to crank up the chip which like i don't know that whole thing feels a little weird to me but mm -hmm. i i feel like we have room to headcanon that like crosshair's chip didn't particularly work that much either like he heard the order right they all heard it wrecker was like yeah i heard it but i it didn't make sense to me really um right. and crosshair was just like yeah whatever they say kill the jedi we kill the jedi um i and i think he's like well why now like why are you questioning orders now and it's like well they, you know, they always were a little bit like off the beaten path in terms of not being like, sir, yes, sir. They were always kind of like, we're going to do it our way. We'll do the mission that you give us. Right? right. But I think they were always more off on their own, a little, little different than, than most of the clones. But, mm -hmm. you know, when your orders were follow the Jedi's orders for your entire life, basically. And then it's right. like, okay, now kill all the Jedi. It's like, whoa, you know, that is a very rational place to pause and be like, okay, let me consider this. Like right. there is one person at the top or some mysterious order saying to kill all the people that they previously said to trust. Like that seems like a pretty ridiculous, um, you know, mm -hmm. turnabout. And so having some resistance to that and having, you know, and some of the other clones also were like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the point about, you know, Crosshair maybe did the thing and then, you know, people do the something that they come to on some level they feel like is the wrong thing to do, but they want to be right. So right. dig in and try and like find justification. And that's sort of how I see um, Crosshair. And I, I do, I, I find Crosshair interesting and, you know, somewhat compelling, but like mm -hmm. at the same time, not super deep and definitely not like remotely justified but like yeah. i understand the perspective and um you know I, mean, I think it makes for an interesting conflict and i definitely prefer this to just like oh yeah the inhibitor chip and we're gonna capture him and just take it out and everything's gonna be fine like for i'm sure. definitely glad for they sure. went this way yeah and i think yeah and again it's just i can project so much into his interior life i just wish we got more mm -hmm. looks like we're not gonna get it maybe we'll get it more in season two i don't know but it does kind of make you wonder like you said we don't really know what's gonna happen in the next episode but obviously his story, is, you know, him and Hunter have this sort of epic standoff. Hunter shoots him. And I thought they did something kind of um, like I thought at first that Hunter had I thought at first that Hunter had killed him. Uh, going back and watching it again, I think uh, you pointed out that it, they the stun makes a different sound. And like mm -hmm. it, it, it does clearly seem like it's a stun. The way that the, the way his body falls and the sort of the the sort of sad look on Hunter's face I feel like they kind of wanted you to think that maybe he was dead, but clearly I think you're right. He's not. What does that mean though? Do, do we still have a chance then for the team to rescue him? Are we just accepting that he has made his choice and now the team has to see him as their enemy and that's just how it's going to be going forward? Where, where do you think that story goes or where would you want that story to go? Um, I don't know where it goes. I don't really know where I 
want it to go. I think there is a reasonable way it can play out where they basically... So Hunter knocks him out, right? Which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty clear the first time I saw it. I understand how it's not... Like, you don't see the big wide circles, right? Right. It's, um, I thought the sound effect conveyed it, but visually it wasn't super clear. You know, there were no wounds. There were no blaster wounds. They did let him just fall on his face, which um, isn't the best. Right. So, like, the way he sunk to the ground and then fell face forward. Like, y- you could die that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, people have, like... Um, so, you know, but then they, then he's knocked out and they're not leaving him there. And meanwhile, the empire, you know, the empire's blowing up the whole place, including trying to kill Crosshair because they just don't care. Right. Right. And so when the Bad Batch saves Crosshair, I think that gives him sort of, that gives him another point basically to, at which he can pivot or not pivot. And I don't necessarily have a preference for one or the other. I just want them to do it in such a way that I buy it. And I, yeah. I feel like I could buy either if they do it well, you know? And I feel like either could be frustrating if they don't. I think that's a really good way to put it because I think, you, to me, it feels like so much of this for him is about wounded pride. You know, mm-hmm. I do think that if they had somehow rescued him and come back for him and really shown, like, we still believe in you, we still care about you, I think it's possible for him to kind of be able to step back and be like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, that was that was all a chip. Like, of course, I'm still with you or right, something right. like that. You know, I mean, in his very, like, ornery, like, grumpy yeah. old man way. I think that once he feels like they've abandoned him, it sort of becomes important. Like, if they gave up on him for because he was wrong, like, that feels awful. And so I think he needs to be able to at least feel like I was right, they were wrong. But if now they do try to rescue him while at the same time the Empire that he thinks is like good and right, if they can make him believe that the Empire is perfectly happy to kill him too because they want to just get rid of clones, I don't want there to be a kumbaya, come to Jesus, crosshair gives everyone a hug moment. You know, I want him to always be the grumpy guy. Mm -hmm. And I think like – you know, for our Avatar fans, I think if he like, you know, does a like, you know – Hello, crosshair here, kind of moment. Like <laughs> that can't work. Like there no. needs to like I could maybe even see like most of season two being about like him kind of like grudgingly joining the group and the group judgingly joining him mm-hmm. and you know, Omega just being like, Let's all be friends right. and everyone else being like, No, that's yeah. that's not how this works. Yeah. And maybe Wrecker being kind of like, Oh, we, we can be okay guys, right? And yeah. like Tech and Hunter and, and Crosshair being like, mm, like how can we trust him? How can we tr-? you know? And I think, but I also think it's like, I, I'm not invested in that. I think it is just as possible that he does, you know, sort of like have that moment where he can say that. And he's, but he still is like, look, I, I follow the orders. It's not our job to doubt, to question. Our job is to follow the orders and they have to fight him. I think, I, I think it's possible that, you know, I generally don't, I'm more okay with character death than you are. Uh, I think most of these characters have to die because then we get the, the the prequel problem of why don't they show up later? So like if I, I in some in some ways I'm kind of glad that I, I I wish I didn't know there was a season two because or else I would think right, it's right. entirely possible that everyone dies Rogue One style at the end of this episode. But where I'm going with that is I'm not hoping for him to die, but I certainly think him having a like I think there's a way that he could sacrifice himself in his moment of like okay I was wrong. 
the Bad Batch are my friends. I'm going to try and make up for it by, like, saving them, by, by, by offing myself, by sacrificing myself. I think that could be done really badly, like the way Masters of the Universe did with a <sighs> beloved character. But I think it could also be a fitting end for the character and a kind of fit, a fitting end for his arc. So I, I guess I feel, yeah, like, like you, I feel like there's so many possibilities that I can imagine some of them and some of them I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm kind of excited to see with any of them where they go. Yeah, I'll probably hate that if that's the way they go. Like, I'm already literally rolling my eyes at the thought of it. Um, That's fair. Potentially, there's, like, you know, I'm not going to judge a plot line until I see its execution. But, like, I just hate that trope so much. Like, it's just, it's just so, so overused. And Mm -hmm. having seen it done so poorly in, um, you know, something recently... Yeah. It, it I just like just don't, I mean I'm not saying like there can be outcomes where crosshair dies or someone else dies or whatever and like that can be fine but just like I feel like this whole like bringing him back and blah 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 particularly like if you think they wanted us to maybe think that he was dead when Hunter shot him mm-hmm. like then it's like uh like don't like pretend to kill someone and then not and then you don't kill them, but then you do kill them. It's like, just just stop it. I don't know. Yeah, so, that's fair. Th- these are the things that make me just want to stop watching fiction uh-huh. a lot of the time, you know? But, like, again, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll see the last episode and I'll decide. Um, I'm not, like, super emotionally attached to Crosshair as a character. Um, you know, I, I think Crosshair is an interesting character that, like, when you were describing the way they could do the other story well... Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can totally see that dynamic being an interesting dynamic to play with for a full season. Yeah. And given that we now know there's going to be a second season, which is like, why would you announce that before the last episode? Just why? Like, yeah. what's what's the point of that? You know? Um, I don't think that all these characters necessarily need to die off before uh, whatever, because first of all, they age quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're not necessarily going to be super relevant by the time a new hope rolls around. And second of all, they're not like super important characters. Yeah. Where it's like, we're going to be like, oh, it's, they're not Jedi. Yeah. I I think it's certainly possible that some of them fought like in some unit we never heard about or Mm -hmm. that they just like pieced out and, you know, went and just, sure, you know, started a little moisture for them somewhere or whatever the heck they did. Right, right. And I I, I hear you about that trope. I, I definitely agree. I think it's an often a badly done trope. I think that, you know, I mean, in combat, I think sometimes a person sacrifices themselves to save others. Like, I do think that's a thing that happens. And so I don't, I'm not against the trope as much as you are. I think I'm against, the thing that I'm against is the emotional manipulation of, you know, as as happened with a recent story, getting us very emotionally invested in a character right before you do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and totally. that, that's the thing that really bothers me. And, and like you said, like, Crosshair to me is... You know, it's kind of like um, this character was much worse and much more evil, but like, and Grin didn't sacrifice themselves, but like, you know, General Hux, like in um, Mm, uh, whatever. (laughs) Death of franchise. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, death of plot. Um, The, you know, Hux did like a good thing for the wrong reasons, but he did a helpful thing. But it didn't redeem him, and then he just died, and he got killed in kind of a funny, right. like, ha-ha, you're, you're terrible, look at you get yeah. killed way. I don't want that for Crosshair, but, yeah, I, 
I, I can definitely see it being a thing that you wouldn't be excited about because it can be done so so badly. I also oh. think that like sacrificing oneself in combat like probably doesn't happen nearly as often as it happens in fiction and much more often. Like there was a character death in something that we both saw recently where somebody just got squashed out of nowhere. Yeah. And like that I buy that way more. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just some battle on someone just get killed. Because, like, people are shooting at you. As opposed to, ah, oh, I will stop them. Hold them off. Go. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I've just seen that scene enough times. Like, I just don't need to see that scene again. But, like, whatever. If they do it really well, whatever. I'll just get over it. But. One of my favorite character deaths of all time. Uh, it sounds really weird. But one where I feel hmm. like it was done so well in a way that really played against the trope. But also was such a human story. Was the death of Anya in the last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Where... Oh. Like, the way it happened is, you know, because one, one thing I think that always bothers me is that, like, our heroes fight, like, hundreds of enemies, but then they always die in some epic moment of battle against an epic enemy. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if you're fantastically good at dodging and the others are fantastically bad at shooting, like, law of averages are going to catch up to someone, you know? And... To me, that's Anya's death. It's just like they're constantly facing this barrage of enemies and one gets through and she gets killed. And there isn't any glory in it. There isn't any like beautiful sacrifice in it. There isn't any like epic struggle. She just gets killed. And it it, it was hard to watch, but it felt so, so much more real than the mm-hmm. like every character gets an epic death, especially because then Xander lies about it. Xander tells everyone oh. that she had this beautiful moment because yeah. – that's the story they expect, you know? Right. And, like, this is a wild tangent, but just... Every Firefly time talk... does, like, the same thing. Oh, yeah, totally. For sure. For sure. Like, yeah, the, that character doesn't get, like, a, an epic send-off. It's just, you know, a random thing. Just like, thing. oh, shit. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, yeah, both by the same author. And yeah. So, yeah, all, all that's kind of commentary on that trope. But uh, I don't want to go too long because it's, uh, you know, we're trying to keep these episodes about the same length of the episode we're watching. Um <laughs> One of my kind of like last closing things I'll say is I found it so powerful that they did have this fight against the droids. Like it was super contrived, but the fight against the droids happening in that training zone where we saw so many episodes in the Clone Wars of clone groups having to like learn to work together against battle droids. And in continuing the style that they've done here of they rarely use battle droids and when they do – the battle droids actually look menacing. They look yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And so just happening there and Crosshair having to work with them in this place that we know so much about from uh, the Clone Wars, like, it's pure manipulation, but it really worked for me. I feel like nothing about that sequence and, like, how they got to it made any sense in uh-huh. terms of, like, let's take the elevator. They'll never suspect it if we just come up in the middle of the frickin' floor. And, like, <laughs> of course they expect it. Um and then, like, Crosshair, like, shooting all the other people. And then, like, now they activate all the droids, like, because, like, by accident. But, like, she meant, like, none of that made any sense. And I, I didn't really care because I yeah. did feel like they were just like, look, give us this moment. Like, we just yeah. want to have a moment with the Bad Batch all fighting together on one team again. And, like, and that was really, it was really good. It was well done. And so... If that had been the sort of thing that then resulted in a character death or whatever, I would have lost it. Because I'm like, you can't have some ridiculously contrived bull like that, like, 
Um, yeah, I think it's very fair. You know, but it's like there wasn't a big consequence of it. It was more just like we're having a moment here. Could you just yeah okay yeah. And and I thought it I thought it played really well, despite the fact that like it was I was like <laughs> okay sure. Yeah, like you, you said, it was this moment. When I think back on it, it's ridiculously contrived. But the power of that moment was such that like I didn't really remember how we got there. And right, later, right. It was like oh, like we just did this recording with um, uh, Jess Jess Plummer on. Suicide Squad, the the Suicide Squad. Forgive me, and it will, it will have come out by the time we record <laughs> we this episode. We mentioned Suicide Squad. Yeah, um, and, and I love that uh, she made a comment about I forget what it was like fridge continuity or, or fridge logic, where in the moment you're just like, oh, this hits me so hard. Yeah, yeah. And then you get up to the, go to the fridge when you pause and you're like, wait a minute, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you, I feel like it, you know who cares? Because because I think what you said there is so perfect because it's both we got to have the moment. But there also wasn't any real consequence. Like, nothing major for the story happened because of the contrivance, which I think is a really good point of how you get there. Yeah, the, the major stuff that happened happened around that moment, right? Right. And so uh, it was like the face-off between um, between Hunter and, and Crosshair and the conversation. The conversation's what mattered, and that right. scene was like... It felt like it was there for fun and as like a callback to also the first episode of this series, this season. Yeah. They have that whole, you know, thing in the training room, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So what about from you? Any other kind of last comments you wanted to make? Yeah. Um, Is Omega the, the oldest member of the Bad Batch? Oh, I think she might be. Because she was saying she was there. I mean, because this is like the really big, in terms of like the over plot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of like the Bad Batch itself and their origins, it feels to me like this is what they're going to investigate in the last episode and then probably track down in season two, I think. Because yeah. she had that whole emotional reaction to going back to Nala Say's lab, right? Secret lab or private lab. And she said that's like where the Bad Batch had their, I guess their mutations enhanced or whatever it was. And she was like, I was there. I was like, yeah. okay, you were there and you remember. So are you, like, we've been, I mean, I was speculating, like, well, she's pretty young, right? Because she's a clone and she's a young clone. But, like, is she, like, Boba Fett's age or, like, slightly older? You know, but, like, a non, you know, she's she's not, a, a, her aging hasn't been accelerated, you know, right. whereas theirs has. So maybe she's actually older than they are. I, I think that would be an interesting kind of spin, you know, and um, and it would make some of the things about their interactions feel feel kind of different. And then going forward, I think it would have a lot of consequence. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some real possibility there, especially because um, I don't know how much crossover between like it feels like right now Star Wars is telling stories in three distinctly different time periods. We have the Light of the Jedi books, which are telling some really interesting stories about this time, like 200 years before the Clone Wars, that I'm, I'm really enjoying and I'm, I'm looking forward to them coming on screen. We have this story that's telling stories about, you know, the time immediately after the, the fall of the Republic and, and presumably, you know, going forward. And then we have the, the Mandalorian uh, and the shows that are now going to start around it that are happening uh, soon after the fall of the Republic, the fall of the Empire and the, the right. rebirth of the New Republic. And they've not done too much to, to connect them. And I might be going off on a complete like haywire thing here. I'm with you. 
but yeah, I wonder if we're going to get like a grown up Omega showing up in the book of Boba Fett, because if I understand correctly, the two of them are basically genetic twins, like with a gender flip mm-hmm. and uh, the chromosome or however that's going to work for them. And like, I think the idea is that they're both like they don't have the increased aging that all the other clones do. So she would be about his age. Uh, that could be a fascinating. Like, I'd love to see like her character and like, what has she been up to all this time? Yeah. In some ways it would be kind of unfortunate because then it's a huge, like now we can never believe any moment where she's in danger in any other moment of this show. But like, I still think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, one, like I don't care that much about that. I think that's not the biggest problem with the prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel, you know, I hear you on that. Uh, I, I think is the book of Boba Fett going to be a mini series or is it going to have multiple seasons? If it has multiple seasons, maybe she'd show up further down the line. Um, is she going to be played by Michelle Ang, the, the voice actress? Um, that could be cool. And, uh, also don't go too haywire because Gina Carano has been, uh, you know, let go by Disney. So right. that, that was the film she was in. But. Wait, what? Oh, you you said you said I might be going haywire here, which is a name oh, okay. of a film that yeah. Anyway, uh, never okay. mind. Obscure <laughs> reference. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, you know, they they may well have intended uh, Gina Carano's character uh, would have been one who would make a lot of sense to hang out with Boba Fett. So maybe like that, you know, they wanted to replace her. Who the hell knows? I have no idea there. Oh, I just meant she was in a movie called Haywire. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. You, you oh. made an offhand comment, and I was kind of running with it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I was wondering whether Michelle Ang would be in the... Anyway, never mind. Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. A- anyway, <laughs> so that, that kind of wraps it up for me. Anything the last comments from you? No, I think uh, I think we're good. Cool. All right, um, well, uh, yeah. if people want to find more about what you're up to in the world, where can they find it? Zen Madman on Twitch and on Twitter. Awesome. And I'm the Ethical Panda on Twitch, on Twitter, on Facebook, and theethicalpanda.com. Look for an email us, tweet us, you know, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Check out this podcast, my other podcast, Superhero Ethics. Check out all the great podcasts on the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. And most importantly, have a good day. Mm-hmm.